Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is a licensed therapist, a self-care coach, and an empath. She has spoken on panels regarding domestic violence, self-esteem, and women's rights. She hates socks, but doesn't like her bare feet on the floor. (laughs) She's never watched the Golden Girls or MASH, but loves their theme songs. And she's another misunderstood Scorpio. Please give a warm, sarcastic welcome to Megan Miller. That was a really, really good introduction, by the way. <laughs> well, those are all your words. So. The way they came together was so beautiful, though. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for being on this show. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to hang out and talk about some stuff that needs to be talked about. Yeah, definitely. You're welcome. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your work as a therapist and self-care coach. So I have a practice. I'm a licensed professional counselor, which is just a really long word for a therapist, like what you see on TV. Um, So a psychotherapist, you know, the way you see on TV, like they come to your office, they sit on on the couch or in a chair um, and so I have my own practice outside of Houston, um, close to Sugarland. Some people may be familiar with that area. And of course, now we're all online. It's tell I'm mm-hmm. going to be strictly teletherapy after the um, pandemic started. And now I transitioned. And so I work with um, women and the age range is typically like uh, Gen Z and millennials is who I have. That's interesting that you used the the generation labels instead of ages. Yeah, it's very, um, that's all that I have come through. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I may have a few outliers sometimes every once in a while, but, and I notice the same trends among, which is poor self-esteem. We work, work on trauma, mm-hmm. um, difficulty setting boundaries, overextending themselves, trouble saying no. And also a lot of, especially the ones in their 20s, um, a lot of feeling like they're up against this clock and they haven't made certain goals by a certain age, which I mean, I was there. I get it. You know, um, I slowly struggle with that at times, too. So, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So what attracted you to study psychology? Oh, gosh. Um, when I was in high school, I took a like a basic psychology class. And the, no one liked that teacher, but I loved her because she was a hard ass and she, she challenged us. And I liked that. And I like people who are really straightforward and she was very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so loved the class. And then I even did like an independent study with her after that. And then I was like, I think I like this. And so I took an advanced psychology course and I fell in love with it. And that's what I tell people. My love affair with psychology started when I was 17 and I, research what I needed to do to be a therapist. And um, I've been on that journey ever since and haven't gotten bored with it. Like everything else I'm, I get bored with. Yeah. This is the only thing I've kept this long. So it was definitely a calling then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. That's great. Yeah. What's the definition of a highly sensitive person? We have quite a few people, me included, that could be considered an HSP, but I don't know that a lot of people understand exactly 
the definition and the characteristics? Yeah. So I am too, for sure. And I didn't even know that there was such a thing. And the word empath, I know we'll kind of talk about that um, in a little bit, but they're kind they're very similar to each other. There's different types of empaths. That's probably the only difference. A highly sensitive person, an empath, they're basically people that are able to sense the energy of a room. They're very highly intuitive. Um, they have trouble not taking on the emotions of other people around them. So and it doesn't even have to be people that they even are close to or that they know. They're just very in tune with other people's emotions as well. And some of them are very sensitive to like stimuli. So that's probably why I don't like socks on my, I don't like stuff on my body, right? Mm. My feet. So sensitive to light, sound, the weather, definitely what we watch on, you know, what we see on TV. I don't watch the news and I still know what's happening. Yeah. So stimuli is also like a big deal to us and that can really affect the way that we feel. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have trouble setting boundaries is because we have trouble deciphering between, okay, this is where I need to step in, or maybe this is where I'm stepping in too much. And that's not like, I want to be helpful, but it's not my problem. And then people feel like, you know, they don't want to be mean or rude or, and so having trouble understanding that that isn't being rude or mean. But if you take on so much, it's really, it can really, really affect you. I noticed one thing, like in a relationship, an intimate relationship, it's like when something bothers me, it takes me a minute to, or maybe like a couple of days to like process Mm -hmm. it, to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. is this my thing or is this their thing? It's like, I have to figure out like, look within myself and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. is this just something that's pushing my buttons and I need to deal with it my own? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that I need to bring up to the other person as an issue or something that needs to be resolved? That's good. I mean, that's good that you don't just automatically jump. There's some people that jump to, oh, it's their fault. It's on them. So it sounds to me like you're being reflective and you're kind of checking yourself, which we need to do. And you're seeing if, indeed it is something because sometimes it is our stuff and we can work it out and not everything has to be hashed out discussed Mm -hmm. talked about you know brought up but sometimes things do and so I think it's good that you and sometimes other sometimes some people take more time to process things and that's something that you know you and your partner probably have gotten into a flow and have understood like okay you know need a little bit of time that's fine I'm going to give that to you so that's very appropriate and and healthy to be able to look at both sides. But there's that line of mm-hmm. not even bringing it up when I should have brought it up. I mean, it's really yeah. hard for me to decipher like what's my crap and what's their crap and, you know, trying to keep it separate, yeah. you know, and setting the yeah. boundary. I mean, setting the boundaries are so difficult. They are, especially with people that we love and care about that's typically who we have trouble setting boundaries with. Like I said earlier, because we don't want to come off as being rude or disrespectful. Um, You know, so that has like boundaries within like our parents and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, people that are older than us and things like that. Um, There's so many different layers to it. And, um, but I do find that a lot of women have trouble saying like when they do have something going on or something's wrong in the relationship, they don't speak up. 
And um, I'm like, I know we're trying to keep it sexy and we want to like not have any issues, but that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. So you do need to speak up and say something. And then sometimes it may not be a big deal, right? But why don't you and and your partner talk about that and kind of come to a decision together? And because then something like that may come up in the future and you know, like, okay, this looks kind of similar. So we've already kind of worked through that. Mm -hmm. I don't really need to address it. Right. So is there a difference between a highly sensitive person and an empath? I would say the only difference is the different types. And there's like eight different types of of empaths. So some are, um, they're able to almost, I don't want to use the word predict, but kind of feel what may happen in the future. Um, And so there's different types. There's not really different types of HSPs but there are different types of empaths. And so, um, and I don't even, I don't have all of the ones memorized. There's like eight of them. And so that's something to kind of educate yourself on because you may find that you may be some of them, all of them. Mm-hmm. One may stand out more than the other. I think the biggest thing is being able to own the word sensitive and be like stand in your truth with that and not make it this big kind of like therapy, like just make it in every, in your everyday conversation, Mm -hmm. because that is a word that has been, it's like, it's a really negative word and people use it in a, in a really mean way sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, kids are mean in general, but you know, as far as preying on the weak or the, the kid that's timid or very sensitive and I think adults do it, but just in a way that's maybe a little more subtle, but you know, it still happens and people see it as a weakness. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, that's one of the things I talk about is how I've been told that since I was little, like I used to cry. I was colicky. I just cried. Right. So they couldn't really ever figure out what was wrong. Nothing was really wrong with me, but I continued that throughout my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like that. I mean, now I'm more in tune with myself. So I do kind of know what triggers me. That's an important thing is to know what triggers you and pay attention to that. But yeah, I've been called sensitive all of my life. And it was not until my adult life that I finally realized that, oh, but it's not a bad thing. Like it's actually a gift because a lot of us, a lot of people don't have this gift. Right. So if more of us did, can you imagine how things may be and right. the kind of relationships we could cultivate and how we could get along? It could be very different. Yeah. So how do empaths and HSPs need to take care of themselves, whether it's emotionally, physically, energetically? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think the first thing, the, my first suggestion is to experiment with different things, see what works for you, right? Um, I think a lot of people try things like, oh, that doesn't work. And they give up on it. I'm like, well, just pivot and try something different. Um, But definitely moving your body, even if it's just for 15 minutes, you know, every couple days. Um, I know we act like we don't have time for stuff, but we have to make the time. Time just doesn't happen for us. Mm -hmm. We create it, right? And so um, moving your body, what we eat has a lot to do with how we feel. Um, and Lord knows I love sweets (laughs) and, um, I'm totally addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older now, I've realized I can't eat certain things, even though I still do. And I suffer for it later. Um, 
like listen to your body. So if it means you need to track it or, you know, somehow keep track of it of, or take a sens- food sensitivity test, but look at how it's affecting your body because it really does affect the way that we feel, um, our mood, our depression, our anxiety levels, um, drink plenty of water. Um, I learned also getting massages. So ways, because we have things re- that are going on mentally, but we also have other ways of getting that out you know, through, that's why when you get done with the massage, they say drink a whole bunch of water because you release all these toxins. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people get massages, they cry during it. And it's because there's so much built up and that they have not somehow released. Um, So getting outside journaling for a lot of people is, is helpful and don't put too many restrictions around journaling. Don't, don't take it so serious. Um, But that's a way to get out feelings. I use crystals. I have candles. I have sage um, to clear out my space. I keep crystals with me and where I go and around the house and things like that. And the biggest thing is communicating your needs and your expectations. And that goes into boundaries. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is communicating. People can't read your mind. I wish they could. It would be wonderful if they (laughs) could and much easier, but they can't. Yeah. And so we do have to speak up and open up our mouths and tell them what we are and are not willing to put up with. And as I get older, like I love, I'm, I didn't do that when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but now as you settle more into yourself, and I'm sure you could attest to this, as you settle in and you get to know yourself, you just like, you stop giving a fuck. It's like, I'm just, I'm going to tell you what it is. If you have a problem with that, you're welcome to leave my space. Right. But in order to protect myself, um, identifying who, what kind of people you want around you, you know, what they, it needs to be, a, you know, it's a relationship that takes reciprocity, you know? And so being able to say and know some people drain us and if they do create a boundary, maybe we don't see them as often. Maybe we don't talk to them as often, or when we do, it's in a shortest short span of time right so things like that the people that we want around us in our life how they serve us not giving more of ourselves and they're you know yeah it's a tough and I'm gonna hate the word balance but it's a tough balance between taking care of yourself and working on a relationship whether it's family or friendship or romantic I mean life is hard work yes it is. You have to be very, very intentional about it. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not just going to happen. You have to be very intentional about and also be OK with maybe pissing somebody off. That's a big thing is people are like, well, I don't want to upset the person or I don't want to stop. These are adult women I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Like adults. I don't want the, I don't want them to stop being friends with me. I mean, like even as adults, we just want acceptance. Right. We just want to we just want to fit in. We just want acceptance. We want to be a part of a group or a part of something. Um, and so a lot of times why we don't speak up is because out of fear. So how do we overcome that fear? Well, I think that, so what I tell people is, first of all, get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. We, I think that's why the pandemic was hard for a lot of people is because we were inside. Now, granted, some of us are, are extroverts. Like, mm-hmm. They really do thrive mm-hmm. in social situations. I don't. I love social situations, but I have to come back in because 
introvert extrovert is about where you regain and recharge your energy right and so it's not about whether one's outgoing and one's shy um so i need to come back and retreat and be in my own space by myself and alone and so i think the pandemic was hard for people because it was quiet time and we weren't being distracted Mm -hmm. and people didn't know what to do with that if we weren't going out to places events um social gatherings to the office right we weren't distracting ourselves and so get comfortable with being uncomfortable so when that feeling comes up not immediately doing something to try to get rid of it but just kind of sit with it for a few minutes fear isn't something that we necessarily have to get over we just need like we need to actually embrace it Mm -hmm. um, because that's not really something that we can necessarily always get rid of and just because we're fearful of something doesn't mean that we don't need to do it that's not a that's not a sign sometimes it is but we typically can feel that like we know if we're in harm or you know we're not safe right but even if we're fearful to still do it so it's also about getting okay being okay doesn't feel good but being okay that you may upset someone when you try to set that boundary they may take it offensively Mm -hmm. they may not want to talk to you anymore they may take some space away from you and allow them those are their emotions and they have a right to those and that's fine um but if you set it in an assertive way and you know you're respectful when you when you share your boundary then that's okay you you can't control how they react to it Right. Allow them to do that. And, and, and that's fine. So how do we know we're setting healthy boundaries? I think if it's something, that's a good question, actually. If it's something that aligns with your values, how you want to feel, typically we know, you know, if we're doing things that we don't really want to do, we know. Um, we know if we are engaging in something that is toxic or doesn't really feel all that good. And so I guess the simple answer would just be if it makes you feel good and it's healthy for you and it protects your peace of mind, Mm -hmm. then that means that it's, you know, it's a, it's a healthy boundary. Everyone's is going to be different, you know? So what may be good for someone else may not be good for another person. Um, so it kind of just is an individualized thing but that does take the person to to do some to do some inner work and figure that out what it is because we can't communicate what we need if we don't know ourselves yeah and I feel like sometimes it's almost like you have to become angry to set a boundary so it's like you have that passion and that that um force behind you to kind of it's almost like you need that time kind of energy to push you to do the boundary because of fear. Um, probably. I mean, fear of what, how the other person is going to react or, mm-hmm. um, maybe that person can only respond to that type of, you know, communication. We typically have, um, conflict or we resolve conflict or, or, react in ways that our parents did so that's what we saw so for example someone's like a yeller Mm -hmm. it's maybe because that's you know their primary caretaker was that's what they've seen and so yeah when it comes to and that's a good point when it comes to doing stuff like that and people respond to it um that's typically why we continue to act that way Mm -hmm. is because 
we're getting a response. So it's like, well, I tried being nice and no one listened to me. So now I have to get loud (laughs) and get, you know, but it's not even like people are really listening. At at some point people kind of drown us out when we get up, you know, to that level. And so, but yes, it can feel like, okay, no one's going to respect me if I am not aggressive, essentially. Um, And so, but that's why it's really important. I know we'll get kind of into the, the nooks and cranny of that, but that's why it's important to establish those things in the beginning, if you can. Right. So then you don't necessarily, it doesn't have to get to that point because you've already said in the beginning, this is what it is. Are you okay with that or no? Okay. If not, let's talk about it. But there's some non-negotiables, you know, right. There's really, this is it. Yeah. Um, now that's not saying you won't have to remind the person, you know, as time goes on, because you do. Some people feel like, well, all I got to do is tell them once and that should be good enough. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. We have to remind people right. like yeah. over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And that's the part that's so. frustrating at times is having to yeah. remind them. And it's almost, I don't know, I feel like it's almost disrespectful in a way that you have to continue mm. to remind that person. But I also feel that communication is huge and, mm-hmm. you know, finding the style that works for you and the other person is important. And then, you know, I've just learned last year about attachment styles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, apparently I'm an avoidant. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Which, you know, that's important to know. I'm not surprised to be honest, Uh but you know, that was interesting to learn that. And it is because then it also, you know, it's good to know because you tend to attract a certain kind of attachment style as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that's would be the anxious. Know. I know. And I know that because <laughs> I'm anxious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, yeah, so that's exactly right. And apparently yep. that's like a textbook match as far as relationships yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be, and I mean, of course that goes all into childhood stuff and stuff like that. So yeah. that's why that's important to know. Um, because you can see how that could be a very difficult mm-hmm. combination mm-hmm. and feelings could really get hurt in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So something else we talked, we went back or something you said, and I was going to just, I was going to say, oh, like reiterating, mm-hmm. reminding people feeling that feels kind of disrespectful but it's like with anything else or people don't, you know, it's hard, if, especially if we've been doing something one way, it's hard for people to change mm-hmm. and it's hard for people to do something different. There's a saying, there's a meme quote I've seen that is like, if um, someone has trouble with, if someone gets angry with you or something, this is not verbatim. When you set a boundary, it's because they were um, benefiting from it when you didn't have them before. So we teach people how to treat us. So if we've been going along, going along and letting stuff go. So that we got to we gotta take accountability, right? If we're going mm-hmm. along, going along, letting stuff go, and we haven't said anything, but we're like boiling inside, then we finally do say something and we are aggressive, kind of what you said earlier, and we're angry at this point. Okay, well, did you say something before? No. Did you establish it in the beginning? No. So by now, we're like really upset. Mm-hmm. You know, the person may not even know what they're doing wrong. And since it's been this way for so long, now we will have to really reiterate it. Right. Because we're trying to, now we're trying to change behavior and the way we operate. And that takes a lot of work, 
a lot of intentionality on both parts and it's going to take reiteration. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at our role in it too. Right. Yeah. And I think I totally agree with that. And I think sometimes we try to give the person the benefit of the doubt, which turns Mm -hmm. into this, what you just described, this long drawn out time, (laughs) or even though you're giving them the benefit of the doubt, which isn't really fair either because you're still not telling them and talking to them about it. This is all probably internal thinking that, well, maybe this just happened this once and they won't do it again, but they continue to do it, but you still don't say anything. Yeah. So that means it's a pattern. If it's happening more than once, Mm -hmm. then that's definitely a pattern of behavior. And yeah, and you're really hurting yourself, right? So it's hurting them because they don't know. It's one thing if they know, right? And we've been reminding them, but you're hurting them and the relationship because they don't know. They're just going about their day and you're hurting yourself. Because ultimately, you're you're not saying anything. You're struggling inside, and you're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Are there like exercises that people can do to kind of like build that muscle of telling or setting boundaries? So set boundaries in small ways first, like really, really small ways. Um, I would say start with, you know, I mean, it could be. Like, let's say a family member comes over every Sunday, but there's, you really would not like them to come over that often. That's a lot, right? Your Sundays, you really want to have to yourself or with your, with your family. So start there and start, you know, um, saying, Hey, you know, I would, we've decided this as a family and can we start doing every other week instead? Cause we're going to start having, you know, family time at our house. And so start off really small or start off at, you know, work or something like that, not signing up for a committee Mm -hmm. that, you know, you probably won't be able to necessarily, you know, fulfill that role. You don't want to. And so you need to take it little by little. And it is like a muscle. You do have to practice it and then congratulate yourself when you do, because that's reinforcing it. Right. And know that just kind of be expecting, like I said, if you've been doing it one way, expect a little pushback. Again, that does not mean that you didn't need to set the boundary. Mm -hmm. It just means that's that's their stuff. That just means they weren't used to you doing it. That's okay. So get used to some pushback in the beginning. That's probably a good time to journal it, right? And get that out about how anxious you are beforehand and afterwards that, you know, oh my goodness, this person, I feel like they may have been upset. We don't know. Maybe if you didn't ask, you know, but Mm -hmm. journal those feelings, those thoughts down. Um, And then congratulate yourself. I actually will out loud tell myself, I'll be like, Megan, you did really good at that. Mm -hmm. And there'll be no one around me, but I say it out loud because who else is going to congratulate me for taking this step in something that was really difficult? Right. No one. They may not even know that was something I struggled with. So I'll just say it out loud and go about my business. You know, mm. one thing I tell people is do not feel obligated to respond in the moment. Mm. A lot of times our natural reactions be like, okay. And then we get, we get off the, the call or out of the meeting and we're like, oh my gosh, why did I just say that? Or it sounds good in the moment, but then when it, you know, like it may be in the future and then it gets to that date and we're like, I can't believe I signed up for this. Mm-hmm. So don't feel obligated to 
say yes. Actually, this is a huge boundary. Ask them for time. So say, you know what? I need to check with some things first. Let me get back to you in two days or early next week or whatever the case may be. But if they really need you for something, they're going to be willing to work around your work around you anyway, right? Yeah. They're asking for a service from you. So you need to take your control back <laughs> and say, give me some time to think about this and think this over. Talk with my family, look at my calendar, talk to my assistant, whatever. You don't even have to say all that. You just say, let me get back to you on that. If it's over a text, don't feel like you have to text back right away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself some time. Yeah, that's hard to do. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, this right away stuff. And even on the text, you can communicate. I did receive your text, you know, I'm let me go over some things and I'll get back to you tomorrow morning. You know, Mm -hmm. give yourself that that space and that time to be able to really think through it because you don't know, you know, you may not know what you have planned and you may not feel like doing it later. You know, I have learned that if things are not like a hell yes for me, I typically don't say yes to them. Now, in saying that, are there some things that I have to do when I really don't want to? Of course, like that is that does happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about like other things outside of my typical life responsibilities, right? Um, to live, you know, if it's not something that I just really, really want to do, then I'm just not going to do it. You may not show up in your your best self if you are doing something you don't really want to do. How does that benefit them? Yeah, you don't feel good about it. It doesn't. You know, they're not getting you know, the best version of you. And we want that. Like they want the best version of you and you want to put your best foot forward. So don't set yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saying no is difficult. And I don't think that many of us know that there's an alternative, like what you said, Mm -hmm. like, let me get back to you. You know, it's not saying no, it's not saying yes. It's giving yourself more time to make that decision. Yeah. We fell on the spot. And so we feel obligated to, you know, to give a response right away. But yeah, I actually have created, I have a whole list of ways to say no without saying no. I know that we want to be like no is a full sentence, but we also need to realize that's not easy for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we wanted, we want to show some compassion on that, right? I think that would be great. But that doesn't necessarily happen for everybody. It's not that easy. And then also some people may ask follow-up questions. So even if you do say no, right? Um, so it, that's why it's, it's a muscle. And it really does take practice to get used to that. And also holding your ground, too, when you do set that that's boundary. That's the biggest thing. And that's yes, hard. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And I tell people, so then literally repeat what you have already said. Because before we know it, we started, that's another thing, it's over-explaining right? If we can't go to something, if we don't want to do something, then it's, we give this huge, long, drawn out explanation as to why we can't. People's eyes are all glazed. They don't (laughs) need to know all of that. You know, it's like, yeah, they just want to know if you can do it or not. They don't care about all that other stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and then you're just, you're doing too much, you know? So keep it simple, keep it short. Another thing, this is, for new parents or for parents that have young children, teach your kids at a young age to set boundaries. Mm. That's another thing too, because I feel, especially with women, we, and we kind of talked about this before we signed on, you know, that we are, it's this societal pressure of, will you take on all this stuff? You're the woman, 
you know, and you can carry all these, juggle all these plates and you're really supposed to take care of everyone else. And then if you have time for yourself, you know, maybe some time for yourself last, right? And that's a really, really unhealthy way of looking at things, very unhealthy. And so from a young age, teaching our kids to set their own boundaries and to set our boundaries with our children. Mm -hmm. So letting, you know, it's okay for them to see mom go get her nails done or spend some time with some girlfriend or I don't, whatever, go somewhere by herself. It is appropriate and healthy for them to see that. And that can be a conversation. Parenting now is very different. You know, we talk to our kids and we have open conversations and dialogue. So that's a conversational piece, you know, like, why are you going somewhere, mommy? You know, have the talk with them about what I'm going so I can be really, I can be the best mommy for you Mm -hmm. or I'm going so I can be a really great wife, you, you know, partner, whatever to your, to your dad or to your mom. And so have that conversation with them and show them that that's a normal quote unquote, I don't like that word, but it's a typical thing to do. And then also when they don't want to do things, like we'll do things not even knowing. Like if they say, I don't want to go to someone's birthday party. We'll go because that's what it's the nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it sounds like stupid and small, but before you know it, they're saying yes to all these things they really don't want to do because they've been they've been told. Like it's the nice thing. We don't want to upset them. We don't want to look bad. Right. But the, yeah. they don't want to go. And that sets them <laughs> up. Yeah. 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 And then before you know it, we turn into a full-blown adult who are people-pleasing. Yeah. We're doing things, you know, again, for the for the sake of everybody else. And then we wonder why we're so tired and we're depressed and we're anxious all the time there. That's why, because you're giving so much of yourself and you're not doing anything for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need to rejuvenate and reset for yourself, for yourself. So I have a question as far as terms that are used and it just seems like and this is probably social media, of course, but it just seems like there's a lot of words out there like normalize and, mm, you know, yeah. you know, trigger I get, but it just seems like these words are just so overused and it's mm-hmm. like they get, you know, watered down and people like me kind of gloss over them. And, mm-hmm. you know, one time I wrote on social media, I said, can we normalize the word normalize? It's like, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. There, there are definitely a lot of terms that are thrown around that there's misconceptions around them. They're also not being used in the correct way that gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. I'm easily annoyed, but that gets on my nerves when I'm like, that doesn't even go with that. That's not even what the, so then people are learning misinformation. Right. Um. So yes, normalize is a term that, um, and I'm like, that's not even like a psychological term, but it, it, I guess it's people trying to say, let's make this acceptable among like the masses. I mean, that makes total sense. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that's the point of the word, but I guess for me, it's like, it's just so surfacey, I guess, I guess mm. maybe that's why it annoys me. Let's just, let's dig deep. Let's dig deeper mm-hmm. on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. does this need to happen? Instead yeah. of just being, you know, point blank, let's normalize such and such. It's like, well, yeah. then, you know, then it's, 
you know, so it is. You say it and it happens, you know. Right. Because it's typically a pretty big concept that whatever they're referring to, normalizing yeah. something, right? So you're saying like getting to kind of like that surface level. So kind of getting into why we need to. And yeah, and yeah. people want to know that kind of those kinds of things. Why we need to normalize something. If, you know, how it would affect us. Yeah. If we did, how it would benefit us. That's true. Yeah. So what are what are some common threads that you hear when someone reaches out to you? It would be the, I don't like to use this term, but like balancing, you know, your professional life with your personal life, mm-hmm. being everything for everybody else. So not really knowing how to, you know, because I think, again, especially, you know, as women, we have things that we want to do. We have dreams and goals and and sometimes those get put on the back burner for whatever reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so kind of getting back to ourselves again, finding ourselves again, what that looks like, you know? Um, a lot of times it's like, I used to do such and such, but I stopped because I had kids, I got married, life happened, right? Okay, um, how do we get back to that again? How do we find, because that's really where, you know, it may look different from where it was before, Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that stuff is like, let's bring that back. That's, that was when you were at your happiest. It seems simple, but it's, it's not because again, then there's guilt involved there. Like, well, but then I'm going to have to, other people's lives are going to be affected. And okay. Right. That's okay. That's okay. You know? So a lot of reiterating of that is their emotion. That is their feeling. They're entitled to their feelings. Let them have that. You deal with your own. Not again, is you know, us trying to protect everybody else around us, you know, and make yeah. sure that everyone is good and no one's feelings are hurt and everyone's and it's that's first of all, that's a huge responsibility and it's not your responsibility. You mm-hmm. just can't do that. Yeah, it's not realistic. You're gonna wear yourself out and it's it can't happen because you that is their the their emotion. Yeah. So not trying to manage, right? Not managing people's emotions. Like our schedule's okay. Their schedule's, that's one thing. But their emotions, you can't do that. Yeah, and it's hard when you say to yourself or even out loud, you know, that's your stuff. It's not mine. Deal with it. So you don't want to, you don't want to be rude. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, and we don't always have to use that term. That's like, we don't have to say that, which I have, strugg- I struggle with because I'm very blunt, but we can say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that on using I statements. So what I'm not willing to do. Right. Okay. So I'm not willing to take that on. Maybe there's some things that you need to work through and talk about. I'm here to support you. There's a difference between doing it for you versus I'm standing beside you. I'm supporting you because then we get into enabling. So, um, you know, but I am here definitely to cheer you on and give you support and and you can talk to me about it, but it sounds like there's some things that maybe you may want to take a look at boundary setting and, um, guilt. And it's a huge, huge concept like self-esteem. There's so many layers to it and it takes time. Yeah. It's not be patient with yourself. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen with the other person overnight. Mm -hmm. This takes a lot of hard work and and time and practice yeah you know life sucks sometimes (laughs) i know (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it like is, it really it's bad enough yeah. my day job is hard enough is work it's <laughs> I like, know that's true uh, you know just on a daily basis it's like you wake up and it's like okay what am I gonna do today <laughs> that's a good point then you gotta put in all this work to make right in your in your um personal relationships to make stuff work right that's very true yeah yeah it is. I know. And some people are like, I have to do all this stuff just to feel good. Yeah. I mean, eventually it may come, it may come more naturally though. Yeah. You know, in the beginning it is, it may be hard. Um, after a while it may become kind of just like a part of your life, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I do. So in, in the beginning, yeah, it is really, it's like, it's, this is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it could be worth it and in the meantime reward you're yes bettering and transforming yourself and evolving yes and- yes yes which that that needs to be something we strive for forever like we don't stop growing and learning yeah that's a it lifetime thing yes yes it is so i have one last question and I think it's like the most important one of this whole conversation (laughs) is why do you we're both Scorpios yeah for those of you that don't know right so why do you think Scorpios get such a bad rap like we have such a bad reputation and you know I try to explain to people but they don't understand so maybe you can enlighten people in a way that I'm not able to I don't know if I, I don't know, because I, I think I'll get defensive. I think they just need a scapegoat. <laughs> like, we need scapegoats in all situations. And we are, maybe because we are the most, maybe they think we can take it, because we are, you know, we're really fierce. We are very intense, you know. So um, maybe they just feel like, well, they're able to take that, you know. But ours, we really, like, our sign is is pretty, there are some things about us, but I try to use those as being, like, you know, me being stubborn, it's like I'm very passionate, you know, mm-hmm. I'm grounded in what I believe and what I am willing to do, you know, so um, there's some really great things about us, though. We mm-hmm. love really, really hard. There's some really, we can spin it to be really great things. We can spin so. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good at spinning things. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, the they... finger back at the other person. <laughs> <laughs> They totally mistreat us. Like, I can't even, whenever I tell someone, they're like, oh, man. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you just have to say the word Scorpio, and it's like. That's it. It's like, when did that even start? Like. That's it. Who started that rumor? They'll be like, well, "Well, that explains a lot. I'm like, what does that mean? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they were already reading me before I even told them, you know, what my sign was. So, yeah, I wish I could have a better, I don't know. I really just think we're like the scapegoat, and that's unfortunate. But we, I, we can take it. We have broad shoulders. So um, <laughs> we're able to take that. So that's we okay. can take it is what you're saying. We can. We don't need to. Their assumptions are correct. Yeah. Yeah. We are pretty, we are pretty strong, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, I mean, we are the best sign, obviously. So Of course. Yeah, we have some great things People about People are just so. intimidated by us. That and that is, yeah, that is true. That's a very good point. Um, most definitely, yeah. When I, I think you wrote me like message me or whatever, because I put up a lot of stories like from other people, I share a lot of other people's stories about Scorpio, and it's always right on point. But yeah, when you like wrote me or whatever, yeah, I was like, yes, 
I love it. Whenever I meet a fellow Scorpio, I'm like, okay, I already know it's going to be a great friendship right there. I already know. I already know it. Yeah. But being in a relationship with another Scorpio, that's a whole other ball game. It is. It's a whole other level. Yeah. And I tried that a couple of times. And yeah. And I also realized that, so a male Scorpio and a female Scorpio, which I'm thinking is the same for all the signs, it's a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I've dated a couple and kind of, well, obviously it didn't really work out, but, um, <laughs> I'm not with them. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think on paper it says we're compatible, but I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a little more to it than, yeah. you know, just what the horoscopes say. Yeah. As far as, you know, growing up and personalities and yes. life experiences yes. and stuff. So Very much so. Yeah, that's all. Rolled that's up all into one. Mind. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's a good question. Well, I mean, it's been going on for years and years, and I just want to know when mm-hmm. it started. So. Yeah, I, a long time ago. And whoever apparently. started that rumor. I'm going to get them. I don't know. It might be another lifetime, but I'll get them. (laughs) We'll have to figure out who that was. Um, It clearly wasn't another Scorpio, obviously. Obviously. Another sign. Probably like another Libra or Leo or something. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. So it's funny. (laughs) Well, you can find Megan Miller at uh, her website at MeganRenee.com. And on social media at Megan Renee underscore CO. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for being on the show yeah. today. Thank you for having me. I had fun. Good. I'm glad. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhosarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www.patreon.com backslash womenwhosarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani.